remember Saturday will be a picture scavenger hunt. Meet here at the church at 10 a.m. If you got more questions about that, see Brother William. And then next Sunday morning will be our 911 Sunday. So if you uh, have any first responders in your in your family or anything, um, invite them to come. We'll be um, have a time of recognizing them and during the morning service. And then September the 12th um, will be ladies' Bible study at 6:30 in the annex. So be uh, mindful of those few things coming up. And uh, remember tonight at six o'clock we'll have. Brother Philip uh, Menento, uh, missionary um, to the Philippines, he'll be with us uh, tonight updating us on what they have going on in the Philippines, so be um, mindful of that. All right, before we get um, started, I'll tell you what, um, Brother Tim, will you open us up in a word of prayer, please, sir?
Time to stand and shake hands with one another. on that course there. Marching on, marching on, for Christ count everything but love. Neath the banner there. First, second, last verse. What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought. Since Jesus came into my heart, I have lied in my soul for which long I have sought. Since Jesus came into my heart, since Jesus came into my heart, the billows roll. Since Jesus came into my heart, I have ceased from my wandering and going. sing the first, second, and fifth verses. 383. Holy Jesus, no, not one, no, not one. None else could heal all our souls' diseases. No, not one, no. 
like him is so high and holy. No, not one, no, not one, and yet no friend. Not one will he refuse us a home in heaven. No, not knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No. Lead us in this prayer, please, sir. First verse, choir will come down on the second verse. You'll stand, we'll sing all three verses. The Haven of Rest, that last one will sing a cappella. 388. Tender embrace 
and faith taking hold of the world. I anchored my soul the, in the haven of rest. I'll sail the wide seas no more. The tempest may sweep for my soul since the Lord made me whole has been the old story to bless. I the tempest may sweep for the wild stormy deep in Jesus I'm safe evermore. And you may be seen.
And I did say I'll dry every tear you cry Better place And someday sooner than you think You'll see me face to face And you'll sing with the angels In a countless multitude This is the promise this is the promise So Keep on walking, don't turn to left or right And in the midst of darkness, let this be your light That hell can't separate us, and you're gonna make it through This is the promise, this is the promise I made to you Oh, this is the promise this is the promise I've made. He ended that song with a bang, amen. Take your Bibles, if you will, turn to the book of Colossians, chapter number 1. The book of Colossians, chapter number 1. I want to uh, begin preaching through uh, the book of Colossians. And as you turn there, just to kind of give you an idea of what is going on in this book, we find that this book is uh, one of the four prison epistles. It's wrote by the Apostle Paul. He is in uh, prison at Rome and the reason for the letter was that there was had some um, heresy that had come into the church of Colossae and um, a lot of that was the false teaching. Many different false teaching had come in. A uh, mixture of Judaism, Gnosticism, mysticism, Um, different things going on at the church and around the church of Colossae. And so uh, Paul writes this letter to, to uh, refute. There are a lot of similarities between uh, the book of Colossians and the book of Ephesians, though the book of Ephesians deals with uh, the body uh, of the church, but the book of Colossians deals with the head of the church, which is being Jesus Christ. And so uh, based on, we know based upon the Word of God that God is not the author of confusion, and that is a lot of what is taking place in this uh, particular church at this particular time. So we know that it is the devil that is doing his best to 
uh, divide and to distract the church from their original purpose and original things that they were to be uh, tending to. And so Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, writes to them to, uh, to remind them and get their minds back on uh, uh, that uh, faithfulness of the doctrine of Christ. And so I want to begin reading in verse number 1, chapter number 1. The Bible says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace from our God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which ye have to all the saints. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit, as it doth also in you since the day ye heard of it, and knew the grace of God and truth. As ye also learned of Ephratus, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. So as Paul, as he is in prison at Rome, he's writing to this church, he, I, want you to, I want to call your attention to two things that he says in verse number 2. He makes this statement, he says, To the saints... And faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae. And so I want you to notice the first thing that he calls them is that word saints, which just simply means to be set. I'm not a saint. You know, talk, people talk about being saved and they say, well, I'm not a saint. Well, the issue with that is this that if you're saved, you're supposed to be. Because that word saint just simply means to be separated, it means to be godly. And so every person should be, every person that's been saved by the grace of God should um, act accordingly. They should be able to brethren in Christ. And those two words intrigued me, that, that word saint and then that word faithful uh, brethren in Christ. And the word faithful just simply means trustworthy or it means to be reliable. And so as, as much as... Uh, uh, issues as this church has that's going on, uh, Paul addresses these people, Father Apostle Paul. So I begin to think about this as begin to begin this uh, uh, preaching through this book of of happening the text in which we read, uh, and so I want us to look today at, at how to be uh, a saint and a faithful brethren. Uh, let's pray. Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for loving us. And thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross of Calvary uh, for our sins. Lord, as, I, as, we, as we open up the word of God today, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. Uh, God, I pray as we look at this subject, and God, you would encourage us. Lord, you would uh, strengthen us. And God, that you would show us what we need. And God, just help us to... Uh, in the walk away from this service today with a, a greater desire to be called a saint or faithful brethren. Lord, I just pray you'd be, do with us what you will, and we'll be careful to give you the honor, give you the glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I want you to notice, first of all, the first thing about these he notices or he calls uh, uh, these uh, people saints and faithful brethren 
Notice the first thing that he says about them in verse number 4. He says this, Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. I want you to know that if we're going to be called, if we're going to be able to be classified as a saint, sister, whatever you want to put there, uh, but if we're going to be classified as that, uh, there, there's going to have to be, notice what he talks about, he talks about their faith. Now I want you to notice something that he says about their faith. He says this, uh, since we heard of your faith. So obviously, uh, uh, somewhere down the line, their faith has been talked about. It is not something that has been hidden. It's not something that has been um, put on a shelf somewhere and forgotten, but their faith is, has, been, has been declared and been talked about. The question we should ask our about, or is it like most people? Um, don't have any, any testimony of how faith has brought us through things or um, carried us through troubles and trials. Uh, and people can't really look at us and see that, man, they're a, they're a person of faith. They're a, they're a person that uh, when, the, when times are hard, when things are, are, are scary, carries them through. And so the first thing that we see is their faith was talked about. It was something that was very obvious about them. You, you, all of us in here, in here this morning knows of somebody uh, uh, that we could classify as a person of faith. Uh, no matter what happens, no matter what is going on in their life or around them, uh, they're not wavered, they're, they're, they're not uh, shaken, uh, uh, they, they just have that faith that, that whatever comes, uh, God is in control, and if God brings me to it, uh, then God will bring me through it. Uh, we all know those type of people, and those type of people a lot of times are those that we look up to, and we, um, we admire, and we uh, try to pattern our life around, and there's been men, been men that God has allowed uh, uh, me to, uh, allowed them to cross my path, and they're they're men of great faith, and I, I many times have looked at them and thought, man, I, I wished I had what they had. I wished I, I had their faith. But the reality of it is, is I can have what they have uh, if I'm willing to endure what they've endured. Uh, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing uh, by in the Word of God. So the first thing that Paul acknowledges about these people and the reason he's able to call them a, a saint and a faithful brethren is because uh, of their faith. Their faith was talked about. But notice also what their faith was in. He says, not, he, he says uh, we, since we have heard of your faith uh, in Christ Jesus. Uh, and a lot of people in our day have a misplaced faith. Have that they, they're placing their faith in so many other things uh, other than Christ. And there's a lot of people that have even placed their faith in a religious denomination. Uh, they think because they are, they are of a certain sect that, uh, uh, of a denomination that they're surely going to go to heaven. I remember one um, said, you think that Baptists are the only ones going to heaven? He said, no, I don't even think half of them are going. 
And so a lot of people have the idea that if they are a Baptist or Methodist or But there's also people that have a misguided faith. They have, they have been taught or they have been influenced to put their faith in things that have a misguided faith. They, are, they have been taught and told to, to give seed money and if they will give this amount of money then God will do this and God will do that. And, and we've all heard the scams and the, and the mimics that they pull and, you know, sometimes I think, how, do, how in the world are people that easily deceived? Uh, but it's just because their faith. Uh, this is a quite a long passage of Scripture, so just bear with me. But I, I want you to turn your mind to Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1 through verse number 6. The Bible does, uh, describes faith very clearly to us. Notice what it says. It says, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. And by it he being dead yet speaketh, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So we find that faith is this. Faith is putting some things to action. Can you say you have faith if you're not willing to put some things in action? Now, as you read Hebrews chapter 11, one thing, that's what faith is, is just simply doing what God has said done and, and knowing that when you do it, God is paying attention. That it says, seek Him. So for them to be classified saints and faithful brethren, we see that their faith was in order. Their faith was talked about. Their faith was in the right thing. But then notice, not only does he talk about their faith, but notice he talks about their fondness. Notice in verse, in verse number 5, or the last part of verse number 4 rather, it says, and the love which ye have to all the saints. Now one of the byproducts of genuine faith is, is love. Reality of it is, if you have faith, you have love. These are the three things that, that Paul deals with. And first, he's dealt with faith, and then he deals with that of love. Now, notice what he says about this love. He says that their faith is in Christ, and because of their faith is in Christ, that then produces something else. And that which it produces, and, and of the love which you have... Uh, to all saints. Now, this love includes all and excludes none. One, one man wrote, wrote this, this poem, and this is the way we live by it most of the time. He said, To dwell above with saints above, that will indeed be glory. 
uh, to dwell below with saints we know, well, that's another story. In reality, that's how we live. We, we get excited about heaven, and rightfully so, of all the things that are going to be there and some of the things that are not going to be there, and we rejoice in knowing that we're going to heaven, but, uh, but so oftentimes we, we think about heaven, but then yet we, uh, we frown about those we're going to heaven with. And so the byproduct of faith is that you begin to possess or begin to... Uh, begin God, uh, Paul could say this about these individuals is because of their faith but also because of their fondness and reality of it is is if you have talked to anybody who is not a Christian or even somebody that has at one time has been in church but has fallen away one of the things that always comes up most of the time is this well amongst each other or um, I was in church and I, I fell and, and um, I, I did something I wasn't supposed to do instead of somebody helping me, rather they hurt me. And reality is we have a, have a very bad name of shooting our own wounded uh, and killing those that we're supposed to love. And that's why a lot of times people don't want anything to do with Christianity. They find more love, they find more compassion they find more understanding and more acceptance down at the bar room and the crack house uh, than they do at the church house. And that's why a lot of people in the world today don't want anything to do with church. But one of the, one of the things about is, is that if you have the right faith, uh, that right faith will produce the right fruit. And one of those right fruits is that of love. Now, we have to understand that this, this love that he's not talking about is not an emotional love. You're not going to feel the same way about everybody the same way. For instance, I don't feel anything, I don't feel about any of y'all like I feel towards my wife. Do you have a problem with that? If you do, we're not going to be, we'll be in the room alone together, I promise you. I don't feel like towards I have made it a pact. I'm not going to sacrifice my children on the altar of ministry. If I lose my children, I've lost the ministry. We have no problem with that. So we understand that there are different that I should never be. Nor you, vice versa. So where do we have this idea that we have to feel the same way about everybody? That's not the idea that Paul is given. Now that is not saying that we have the right, we have the motive. Uh, or we have the right to be rude. A lot of people have a, have a mindset. They come into a church and they, they see these two people very buddy-buddy, but yet they, those two people are not buddy-buddy with this person. Well, so they automatically begin to think, well, there's cliques. Now, let me say this. There are cliques in the church. I understand that. But a lot of the time, or some of the time, it's not necessarily a clique. It's just an emotional attachment to, to someone over another. 
And so we've got to understand that this loving one another is not an emotional attachment. This loving need, we're willing to meet that need even if it costs us of ourselves. Now I may not be emotionally attached to you, but if I see you in a need, I should be willing to give it does not mean I'm going to come by your house and drink coffee with you once a week. It does not mean that I'm going to, or rather in my case, Dr. Pepper, because coffee is only to be drunk before 6 a.m. Anything after 6 a.m., you should not be drinking coffee. My wife is, is very weird. She can drink coffee at 9 o'clock and go to bed at 9.15. I can't do that. So my coffee has to come early. But nevertheless, it does not mean that, that I don't love you any more or any less than someone else. It just means we don't have an emotional attachment. Let's just be real honest. There's just some people I, you have a hard time carrying on a conversation with. You're completely different. You're talking about hunting and they're talking about, they're talking about golf. Or, they're talk, or you're talking about uh, sewing and they're talking about whatever other women do. I, I, I mean, reality, it's hard to carry on a conversation if you have nothing in common. It's not, it's not. And so a lot of times people have this idea that if they, if, I, if they don't carry on a conversation with me, they don't love me. And two, it just may be that you're hard to talk to. Now if all I have for, for towards my wife is an emotional attachment, it's not going to last, is it? There has to be action involved. And so this love that he's talking about towards all the brethren is not an emotional thing because emotions change. How many of you know emotions change with the weather? But it is an action. So this, this love that he's talking about is not emotional. It's actional. If you want to see if a person really loves you or not, get, in, get into a fix and see who shows up. That's who, who loves you. They may not say four words to you within a month, but when you're in a fix, they're there. That's love. Love is not just carrying on a conversation. Love is being there when there's nobody to carry on a conversation with. So this is the idea that Paul is giving us, is this fondness. And so he says if he, he gives them the accommodation and the reason he's able to call them saints and brethren is because of the fact of their faith, but it is also because of their fondness. But then also notice, uh, then he talks about their future. Notice, notice verse number 5, he says, For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, Whereof you have heard before in the word of truth of the truth of the gospel. So Paul not only addresses their faith and their fondness, but he also addresses the future. Now, he talks about this, this little word in verse number five, it is the word hope. 
Now, in our day, hope is quite different than Bible terminology. Our hope is, is wishful thinking. I hope that this will happen. Or I hope that, that a lot of times we use the word for hope uh, uh, signifying something we know is not going to happen, but we're just going to hold on to a little thread of wishing. But that is not the idea of hope that is found in the Word of God. And there again, the word hope for Christians is, is that of wishful thinking. I mean, the world uh, hope for the world is wishful thinking, but the, word, for, the uh, word hope for the Christian should be that of solid and substantial because uh, it's embedded in, our hope is embedded in the eternal Word of God. Our hope is not wishful thinking. It is not just uh, uh, um, that of, of, uh, of wishing that it comes true, but it is that of knowing that it has not happened yet, but it is going to happen because God said it was. And that's what hope for the Christian is. And so Paul makes this statement. He says, for the hope which is laid up, laid up for you in heaven. This word laid up, it means to in store or it means reserved. Uh, Peter would write this in 1 Peter chapter number 1, verse number 4 to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. So the idea is this, of the Christian's hope is this. It, we're living in a world today that they, are, they have the mentality, get now, pay later. Credit card. You can get it now, and by the time you have to pay for it, you don't use it anymore. That's the idea behind it. You know, when we, when, when, when we, we go to buy something, whether it be a, a new toy or a new vehicle or something, what's the first thing we say? How much can I get it out the door for and how much is the monthly payments going to be? Right? Oh, y'all hypocrites, don't act like you ain't got them. That's the two things we want to know. Is how much am I, is this going to cost me? The idea is get, get, get now, pay later. But for the Christian, it is the exact opposite. It's pay now, receive later. What do you mean? I mean, we're paying now. We're suffering now so that we don't have to suffer in eternity. Now, we don't, we're not suffering to be saved, but we are suffering because we are saved. And the reality of it is this morning, if you're right with God, the Bible says you're going to suffer. There are going to be people who don't like you. And that's okay because they didn't like Jesus. There's people who are going to talk about you and, and mock you and make fun of you and and do all kind of evil matter against you, but that's okay because they did that to Jesus, and obviously if they are doing it to us, then that must mean we're doing something right. Because if you're pleasing God, you're not going to be pleasing men, but if you're pleasing men, you're not going to be pleasing God because the two are contrary to one another. And so the idea is, is that we are, we are getting the worst that we will ever receive because we're Christians. But the best is yet to come. 
And so the idea is, is so is for these people to be classified saints and faithful brethren. He deals with their, their, their faith, he deals with their fondness, but he deals with their future saying, you are enduring what you're enduring knowing that there is a better day approaching. Paul would write in Romans chapter number 8, verse number 18, he says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. You probably, like me, have been guilty of saying this. Something will happen and we'll say, Well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God. No, you won't. Number one, it won't matter. And number two, it's not going to be able to be a comparison up there what we endured here. So the idea is, is we have to understand that our hope is not in worldly things, but it is that which is to come. It is the future. So Paul addresses their faith, he addresses their fondness, he addresses their future, in which in essence is that triad that I mentioned earlier, faith, love and hope and so he he is able to give them the accommodation of saints and faithful brethren because of these three things that of faith that of love and that of hope but where do these things come from obviously it's not something we're born with obviously it's not something that uh, we get by osmosis where do these things come from Notice what he would say in the last part of verse number 6. He says, since the day you heard of it, notice this, and knew the grace of God in truth. We find that he had, they had heard of these things from the gospel. Even in verse number 5, he says, whereof ye have heard it before in the word of truth of the gospel. So the reason they had been able, now I understand they did not have the canon of scripture like we do, but the reason they were, be, they were able to be called saints and faithful brethren is because they possessed faith, love, and hope. And the reason they were able to possess those things is because they had listened to the gospel of truth. Now there again, we, we in our day, we are, are very blessed fact that we have we have not only the ability to hear the gospel of truth but we also have the ability to read the gospel of truth and so the way that you and I are are able to uh, be accommodated uh, with the with the people saying maybe that they're a saint or they're a faithful brethren it's not by our own merits uh, but it's by what the gospel of truth the Word of God has done in our life. And so if you and I want to be able to be, you know, I, I think a lot of times when, when people pass away, there's a, I, I, I don't think that I'm, I'm weird when I say this, but, but I like walking in cemeteries and reading headstones. Um, that, that, that people put all kind of stuff on headstones. And I, I like just going through and, and reading and seeing what, um, what they say about this one, what they say about that one, and and uh, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be an honor and a privilege uh, for when we pass away for people that's not our family to say they were a saint? 
or to say they were a faithful brother or to say they were a faithful sister and honestly mean it. If that's going to be the case this morning, there's going to have to, we're going to have to have the right faith. We're going to have to have the right fondness. And we're going to have to have the right attitude about the future. Song leader musicians come. We, we have to remind ourselves daily not to have misplaced faith or misguided faith. We should remind ourselves on a daily basis to Uh, To love one another, not in the essence of emotional, but that in the essence of action. That if we see somebody that's in need, that we meet that need and we uh, help them as much as possible that lies within us. Then it's also to be mindful of our future, that this is not our final home. And that the sufferings that we do endure here is nothing to be compared with that which is to come. So, there again, it should be in our heart this morning that, that for us to become and for it to be said of us that we're a saint or a faithful brother or sister in Christ. The only way that's accomplished is through the right faith, the right fondness, and having the right attitude about the future. Father, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. I pray you'd use this, help it, help us 